Grace and peace, everybody. Welcome back to Soteria Prophetic Ministries. I'm your host and teacher for the next few moments, Delisa Rogers-Fields. And I want to talk to those of you who are still battling with spirits of poverty. We want to talk about that for a little bit. Poverty and hardship and uh, uh, feelings as feelings of never having enough right lack thank you lord <laughs> so poverty um hardship and lack so a few weeks ago i ministered or at least i think i did i don't know if i ministered it or if i taught it i can't remember but i was talking about the woman the um the widow of the one of the sons of the prophets and the woman had left i think it was a preached message it's on youtube she left her um the husband passed away and left the family in debt they had two sons and of course being a widow she had no resources wherewith to provide for her family so the creditors were coming to enslave her sons so that they could work off through some type of indenture servitude work off the debt and so she cried out to the prophet um alicia at the time because that was who her husband had served now, you've got to listen to the message that I ministered. I'm, I'm trying to think of the name of it. I can't right now. Um, but I went into a whole discourse about that. But anyway, um, so she she cried out to Alicia because she was, you know, not only was she grieving the loss of her spouse, but she's also facing losing her sons as well so i mean just put meat on the bones and try to have some empathy in terms of what she was dealing with and so but I, I, several dynamics is happening with that right so she approaches the prophet and she tells him that the creditors are coming to take my son my husband left didn't leave me with anything what am i supposed to do and that that's not an unusual thing for um Gosh, there's so many places I can go with that. Number one, we have an obligation as believers to leave. We know we're not going to be here forever. Okay. And so we have an obligation to leave an inheritance or at least make provisions in, um, you know, for our departure so that we don't leave our family in debt and so forth and so on. And so as much as we know about the Lord, we know that, you know, we're, we're not going to be here forever, that the time will come when he's going to call us home. And so when that happens, we certainly want to make sure that our families are provided to the very best of our ability. And so here you had this prophet. He served under Elisha. And so this was somebody who heard from God, who felt God, who speak, spoke on God's behalf. However, he missed it big time in terms of hearing a word to leave provisions and, um, and to protect his family. Okay. And so she goes down to the prophet. Because, you know, he's spiritually responsible for the family. They have a covenant relationship. And so she's going to him. Apparently, she had no other family, in-laws or brothers or father, what have you. And so she's directing her frustration and her complaint to the prophet. And so the prophet in response says, well, what's in your house? And she said, I don't have anything but, you know, some oil or in a few jars or something to that effect. And so he says, go and borrow some jars, borrow not a few. And, and that really, really just was highlighted in my spirit because you would think, and I'm talking about poverty, hardship, and lack. 
you would think if somebody is releasing a prophetic word over your life, and this is not just one of those words we hear today, you're going to be great, get ready to go to the nations, God's going to turn it around. You know, one of those words that you can get out of, <laughs> a baby can tell you that, right? But, you know, when you're in the presence of someone that you know is walking with God and they tell you, borrow not a few, there is a reason why he said that. There's a reason why he said that. And I'm going to pull that out to you and, and, and help some of you who may be some of us, I can include myself, who may still be struggling in those areas. Uh, because I asked the Lord a question. I said, Lord, what is the reward of a selfish person? What is the reward of a selfish person? You know, a selfish person, stingy person, like what do they get out of it? And I thought to Jesus when Jesus was talking to the rich young ruler and he wanted to follow Jesus, remember? And the Lord said, okay, well, go sell all that you have and follow me. And the guy could not do it. He walked away sad. And that's when the Lord was like, you, you, you can't, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing, but you can't love this world and love me. And he marveled, you know, it's hard for a rich man to enter into heaven because they're so attached to the things of this life. And so when I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, what is the reward of a selfish man or a stingy man? And you know, the Lord said his reward is what he has. Like that's it. He'll never know the greater things that God can do. He'll never see it multiplied. He'll never see it, 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 um, transition into something greater because the hand of God is not on it. Everything that he has is built out of his own sweat, his own brow, his own perseverance, his own work, his own toil, his own labor is not the glory of God. It's not the grace of God. And so in times like that, you, you, you know, and then people, some people have a tendency to deceive themselves with that wealth. And they'll even tell you, God bless me with this car. God bless me with this money. God bless me with this house. And it wasn't God's blessings. It was the fruit of their own labor, which the Bible says, I think in Ecclesiastes, yeah, enjoy the fruit of your labor. So that's not a curse. It's not a curse to, to work and provide and have. That's, it's not a curse to do that. But you can't say God did that. Okay. If God empowers you to get well, then there, there's going to be a godly influence and a godly flavor, if I can say that, to what you have. If you, if you can, if you, and I'm, just work, work with me, but if you know that God has empowered you to get wealth, then you know everything you have comes through him. And so if God says, sell everything, follow me, then it's nothing to that. Because I know that if he, listen, if he did it before, he'll do it again. And this is why it wasn't an issue for Abraham or Moses or many other of our great um, biblical fathers who walked away from stuff. Even Peter was like, Lord, we left all to follow you. And Jesus said, don't worry about it. You'll receive many more times in this life and in the life to come. Manifold times more. So when you have received something by virtue of the grace of God, where God has empowered you, God has given you favor. He's given you a business acumen. He's given you uh, open doors and, and you've got witty inventions and things flowing through your, 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 your mental space. That is the glory of God. That is the glory of God as you're producing, as you're working, as you're laboring. It is the glory of God. But not everybody can say that. Not everybody can say this car is a car that God blessed me with. Yeah, you work for it, but 
you know, who designed that whole thing for you? Who, you know, praise God. Anyway, I don't want to get too deep in that. But yeah, so so when I asked the Lord a question, I said, God, I said, what is the reward of a selfish man, of a sinful man? He said, what he has. In other words, and remember Jesus said to the um, hypocrites. So then we, we must differentiate between that which God has blessed us with and that which we have um, uh, done in our own strength, you know, which is the result of our flesh, which again, there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't say God did this if God doesn't get glory for it. And if God can't dictate what he wants you to do with that. So that goes back to a saying that I often tell people, many of us say that Jesus is Lord is savior, but we won't call him Lord. We'll call on him as savior because we want him to save and deliver and help and heal and all the things that saviors do. But is he Lord? Does he rule? Can he say, do this, give me that, go here, stop. Can he say that and we be okay with it? So there's a difference, right? That's why he said many will say in that day, Lord, Lord. And he'll tell them, I don't know you because why call me Lord and you don't do what I tell you to do. Okay. So Again, there's a lot to be done. So anyway, let's get back. Let's get back to the woman who has this crisis. She has this financial crisis. And so the prophet says to her, go and borrow some jars. You and your sons borrow not a few. And so I want to highlight that borrow not a few, because the reason why he had to say that is because he understood this woman had spirits of lack, poverty, and hardship operating in her life and listen to me remember i asked god the question about selfishness and stinginess or what have you when that those type because because huh, if you could see where my mind is going right now and i'm kind of all over the place i'm trying to reel it in but it's a lot because one of the fruits of um living or operating in spirits of lack hardship and poverty is holding on or hoarding H-O-R-D-I-N-G, hoarding what you have um, because of the fear of not having it. And so this is where you find, and, and we found this even in scripture in the Old Testament when Israel was coming out of Egypt and the Lord told them, I'm going to give you fresh manna every day. Don't try to, you know, hoard any, don't try to stuff in your pocket. If you do, it's going to rot. It's only sufficient for today. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. These are issues of faith. And so when you have a person who is operating in these kinds of spirits, lack, poverty and hardship, then the, the some of the manifestations of that are spirits of selfishness and stinginess. Why? And it's not that they mean harm. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I would say it is because it is it is the it is the evidence of their experience with not having enough. So therefore, I'm going to hold on to what I have for fear that I may not have it. I may lose it. And these are the kinds of people. This is why that cycle continues. And you'll even find that cycle continuing generations too, where children are, are being raised in environments where they're taught that that type of behavior, that, that type of um, mindset is acceptable. That becomes their norm. You know, like we say, this is the new norm. Well, that becomes some family's norm where they hold on and hoard everything. I mean, I, I know somebody who would hold on to to cups from convenience stores and um, 
uh, restaurants, I mean, just takeout containers and everything, they have dishes. I mean, it may not be the finest of China, but that poverty mindset says, don't throw that away. Hold on to it. You may need it one day. And so I want you, if there's something operating in your life, I really want you to pay attention to it. Please don't get offended by the message. I'm not picking. This is just, you know, to, to enlightenment, enlightenment, right? And so there is that tendency. I got to put and we'll <laughs> growing up. I would hear uh, adults say, I put this money up for a rainy day. Now that's not against anybody who's saving or what have you, but what does that mean? Put this up against a rainy day. And so what that means is I'm going to put my faith in that $20 or that $100 bill that I have folded up and tucked away, neatly creased in the back of my billfold for my rainy day. So in other words, when my rainy day comes, my faith is going to be in that $100 bill or that $20 bill or whatever it was and stuff. It's not going to be in the God who was the God of rainy days and sunny days. So that when you do that, it's just like the Israelites who took the manna and stuffed it in their pocket. Now, I'm not talking about saving and I'm not talking about financial stewardship. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those that have the fear of the day when they won't have anything. That's how lack, po poverty and hardship operates. It will remind you of the times you didn't have anything and it will keep, I don't care how much money you have in your hand. It will always, it, your mentality will be, will, will be steadfastly gaze upon well, I better not do this because you're afraid to spend, afraid to give, afraid to purchase, afraid to transact business because poverty, hardship, and lack are talking so loud. Don't eat that last piece of bread. You never know. Don't drink the last little bit of Kool-Aid. I mean, here you got this giant pitcher in your refrigerator with two little swallows of Kool-Aid. Just afraid to pour the last little bit in there before somebody makes a whole new pitcher. And so, you know, I'm, I'm chuckling, but this is just lighthearted fun, you guys. But I'm just trying to get you to understand how this works. This is how that works is, is that those spirits will convince you that you've got to hold on to what you've got because you may not get anything else. And you remember what it's like growing up not having anything, don't you? <laughs> you remember what it's like when it's time to, to uh, buy groceries and, and your card is declined. So always keep that $20 in the, in the pocket. And again, I'm not advocating against, I'm not saying just spend all your stuff and oh God, just fill me, fix me, fund me. I'm not saying that. Use wisdom, okay? I'm just saying that when these spirits are operating, these are some of the manifestations that you'll see. Now, back to the widow lady. So the prophet says to her, borrow some jars, borrow not a few. Now, poverty, hardship, and lack will not let you see the blessing that God has in front of you because it will stand in front of you. It will stand between you and your breakthrough. It will stand between you and your blessing. It will stand between you and your next season of increase. And so this woman had her blessing in her house the whole time. The prophet didn't tell her anything new. He just told her to use what she had. But poverty, hardship, and lack will convince you that you don't have enough. You'll never be enough. And if you got it, you better hold on to it because, you know, you may not get more. It will convince you that you're not good enough. You'll never have enough. You'll never earn enough. I'm not saying don't strive to make more money and, and, and be a greater blessing to your family. Please don't misread where I'm saying what I'm saying. I'm talking about 
the, some of these manifestations and the way it talks to your mind, the way it, it governs you by, <laughs> you buy a $1 pack. Let me just, I'm just going to say it because it's too, it's in my, it's in my brain. <laughs> You'll buy a $1 pack of the four rolls of, of toilet tissue or toilet paper or whatever you want to call it from Dollar Tree that has one ply and you is the made is the thinnest paper ever, ever, ever. And you will have to roll it around four and five times. Please forgive me if this has offended somebody, but I'm just trying to get you to understand instead of spending $3 or $4 and getting a bigger uh, con uh, uh, case with two ply or maybe three, some have four, praise God. But what I'm saying is you, you always buy cheap. And when you buy cheap, you got to buy a lot because there's this reason why it's cheap. There's a reason why it's cheap. And so it's, you're not going to have the quality there. You're not, it's not going to, you know, produce uh, what your expectations are. And nine times out of 10, it's going to end up costing you more than not. Again, disclaimer, because I, you know, this is a very delicate uh, conversation and I, I, I dare not step on anybody's feelings. That's not my heart. And so if you are offended, please don't take it personally because I don't, I don't know who's listening. So I'm not, I'm, I'm just speaking to how the spirit operates. Okay. And, and, and there may be lean seasons. That's different. A lean season is a time when you are blessed. However, you're, you have been instructed or you have been called into a season where God dries things up. That happened with Elijah at the Brook of Cherith, right? Awesome prophet of God can call rain from heaven, but you can't, <laughs> you can't stop the brook from, from drying up. So that's different. I'm not talking about that. There will be lean seasons where, yeah, you may have to buy the $1 uh, pack of toilet paper. But what I'm saying is when you're operating in lack, poverty, and hardship, you can just get paid and you're going to head straight to the dollar section. You can have receive a settlement and you'll still, this is why, this is why many people frown on the lottery. All right. It's gambling because you'll take $1 or five or 20 trying to make 100 or 100,000. And listen, I mean, some people have done okay. You know, most people have not, but when you do hit the 50,000 or the 100,000 or whatever the thing is, do you have the mentality to, to steward that? Because look at what happened with the dollar and the $5 and the $20 that you had. Look at how you stewarded that one. And so this is why you find a, a lot of people will hit and will make this money or receive settlements or get some kind of maybe an income tax refund. And they're living at large for two weeks. And then they're right back to where they started. This is how poverty, hardship, and spirits of lack, that's how they operate. When you do get a lump sum, here's what you do. You've been thinking about why you were in that lack. You were thinking about everything you wanted to do. When I get some money, I'm going to do this. When I get a little bit of change, I'm going to. And so guess what? When you get it, that's exactly what you do. And then when it's gone, is gone. Instead of saying, Lord, thank you. You have finally, Lord God, have opened the windows of heaven and have blessed me with the settlement or this lump sum or this whatever money. Father, what would you have me to do with it? What, what you know, how can you multiply? Remember the, the t uh, parable of the talent, man with the talent. How can I multiply what I just don't want to go out and blow it on 
eating out new shoes and new, you know, that stuff fades away. What can I do with it? A person with, with, with the grace and a, an anointing to be a financial steward knows how to put their money to the exchangers. They know where to invest. They know what to give. They know how to give. They know how to sow. These are not people who hoard money up under the mattress because that's your reward. It will never grow beyond that. It will never do anything but sit under that. It will never go out into the economy and bring the economy back to you because you limited it. It's stuck under your mattress. Back to the widow. <laughs> so he says, borrow not a few. The reason why he said that is because that mentality Number one, we'll have you operating in shame. Well, I don't want to ask anybody because I don't want nobody to know. Guess what? Everybody knows that your husband passed away and didn't leave in a, a policy, left you in debt. And now your son's about to be carted off into some kind of slavery. People know that poverty, lack and, and hardship is connected to spirits of shame and defeat. I mean, there's a whole cocktail of stuff going on. And so now this is why the prophet said, don't borrow a few. In other words, because shame, uh, well, yeah, shame too, but lack poverty and hardship will only let you go but so far. And you'll stumble all over your words trying to convey what you need, trying to ask for what you need. And then you'll make excuses for it. I'm so sorry to bother you. I wish you, I didn't have to ask you for this, but I just come right out and say, listen, you know, do you have some jars? <laughs> you don't have to give them a, a whole uh, pledge of allegiance and go through the, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Just ask, right? We have not because we ask not. I need two jars. I need however many jars you got in the house. He said, borrow not a few because that lack spirit, will. you'll have two or three and figure, oh, that's enough. I don't want to bother nobody else. He said, borrow not a few. Go out and ask everybody on your neighborhood, everybody on the street behind you. Do y'all, I need some jars. How many jars you got that you're not using? How many jars can I have? I need some jars. What you need it for? I'm working on something. What you got some jars in your backyard? You know, it is to open up. That selfish stinginess will not let you open up. It won't let you, you, you won't tell. And you, Lord Jesus. You ever seen somebody open up their wallet or their billfold or their purse or whatever, wherever they keep their money from and they turn their back? Do you know that's also a manifestation of poverty, lack of hardship? I don't want you to see what I have because I don't want you to think I got money. I want you to always think that I'm poor mouthing and I don't have anything. So that's the image you're giving off so you can hoard and keep on to what you have. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you have your reward. Your reward is with you. So, yeah, you'll find folks that, you know, and I'm again, disclaimer, I'm not saying just leave your wallet and your billfold and your in, in your handbags out for the world to see. I, that's not what I'm saying. Please don't misinterpret me. What I'm saying is look at the manifestations and some of you like, wow, she is she's on it. She's on it. So, you know, God wants to break that, right? He wants to break that. He wants you to, to, to prosper. Come on now. God said, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm going to empower you to get wealth, but I don't want this stuff. To, I don't want you to get twisted. I, first of all, I need you to get healed in your approach to your finances. And I need you to come to grips with whatever happened in your life that caused you to develop and operate in this mentality. Because in order for me to do the greater things that you're asking me to do and everybody and their cousin has prophesied, in order for me to, to, to move you to the next level 
of, of financial independence and, and financial stability, in order for me to add two more zeros to what's in your bank account, I, your, your, your trust in me has to go to another level. But not only that, the way you handle your money has got to change. It has got to change. You can no longer look at your money as your savior. And that's what we do. It, we hoard it and, and like, I got to keep this. I got to put a little bit back. Now, budgeting is different. You got to look at the way you even call it. Budget, yeah. Put it, put it back for a rainy day. That's You got to watch your verbiage. That's that You're using the wrong words. <laughs> and the word, listen, your words release spirits. When you say, I need a budget for rent. I need a budget for mortgage. It releases a spirit of wisdom. And, and, and financial, um, oh, what's the word I want to use? I can't think of the word. It, it releases a word of financial counsel and a, it releases financial wisdom over, over that decision that you need to make to budget money. As opposed to, I need to put a few dollars back because I got this rent. Watch how you say what you say. You're releasing spirits. You can release devouring spirits. You can release cankerworm, worm spirits. You have to watch what you speak over your, over your, over your money. So he says, borrow not a few. In other words, I understand that right now you're in a season of lack. You're in a season of poverty and hardship. And so all you can see is little. When you're in seasons of poverty, hardship, and, and lack, all you, you can't see greater. You can't see. You, 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 I'm telling you, the way that thing binds your mind, it is a mind-blinding spirit. It is a mind-blinding spirit that will not let you think beyond the limits of the restraints it has put around you. He said, don't borrow a few because why did he say that? Because he knew because of the lack and the hardship and the shame, that's exactly what she was going to do. She was going to hit two or three houses and then be satisfied with a little bit that she had and try to hoard it. No, I want you to go out there and get enough to where you can freely turn around and sell and do market. Because, so, Because he said, I don't want you to just keep bottles of, this ain't oil for you. You're going to have so much. You're going to have enough for you and you're going to have enough to market, to do business with. You're going to have product and supplies. So you can't do that with a few. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do business and have products and markets with this little mentality. And he, so he said, don't borrow. I need you to have so many bottles that every time you look at a bottle, it's going to listen. It's going to speak to the entrepreneur that's inside of you. It's going to speak every time you walk to your bathroom. You're going to see bottles lying all across the floor, all over the counter. They're going to be on top of the refrigerator and it's going to speak to the entrepreneurial spirit that's in you. And it's going to wake it up because when that prophet spoke a word, he released a seed of the entrepreneur within her. But she could not. That seed could not be activated until she was surrounded by bottles. Oh, God, I feel the Holy Ghost, somebody. So he says, borrow not a few, because if you only have four or five bottles, you will fill that up and you will return to your old former state of being comfortable with nothing. And then in another season to come, you're going to be back in my face asking me for some money. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to break that off of you. I'm trying to break the limits off of you. But before I do that, I've got to change your mentality. And I've got to provoke you to bless your own self. Good God almighty, that's word. I got to provoke you. I've got to tell you, get out. Don't, first of all, 
I'm not responsible for your husband not leaving you money. I'm just, you know, let me just keep it real. That's not my, you know, that's not my responsibility. That was his job. He he missed it. So here's what I will do. I will give you a word, but I'm not going to go home with you. I'm not going to knock on a neighbor's door for you. And I'm certainly not going to pour your oil out. I'm going to give you a word. And then I'm going to also give you a job. Oh boy. I'm going to give you a responsibility. And to the degree that you are faithful over what I told you to do, then that's the same degree. That's the, the measure of the fruit you'll reap from it. So if God has given us a word to obey concerning our money and our financial transactions and we have not obeyed it, then what we're doing, we can't blame the devil. Oh, the devil attacked my money. I'm under financial. No, you're not. What you under, you under the law of reciprocity where you sowed little and you reap little. That's all. You just got little. Little is ruling your life. King Little is ruling your life. And God said, I want greater for you than that. The economy is bad. That's no excuse. Isaac dug wells. Isaac sold and reaped, uh, uh, my God, a harvest in a famine. So you can't even use that excuse. Anymore. That don't even work. That does not work. <laughs> that excuse has been removed. Has nothing to do. I don't have a husband. This woman didn't either. She went into business and did well. Broke the spirit of poverty, broke the spirit of lack, broke the spirit of hardship, broke shame, broke the spirit of, of um, enslavement and bondage, broke generational curses because she obeyed the man of God. She obeyed the word of God and she put in the work. I think that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That was a It was obey the obey the word and do the work. Find that on YouTube, y'all, please. I think I minister like a whole hour. It'll bless your whole life, I promise you. But yeah, you know, it's not just to obey. I, I have a word. God gave me a word. What are you doing with that word? Have you done the work? Have you worked that word? Are you working the nerves of the person who gave you the word? Well, I don't, I don't see this in my life. I don't see God. I'm just wondering. I think it's the devil. I think it's some spirit from the from the bottom of the ocean coming to. No, it's not. Stop. Just put all that foolishness. Just stop that. Just stop that. Stop all of it. And look in the mirror and say, God, wh how, what, wh what type of steward am I? Am I that rich man that said, I, I can't, I, I love my money too much. I love, I work too hard for this. Ain't nobody going to tell me. That's fine. You have your reward. Don't ask God to bless it because you've already made yourself Lord over that. You've already de determined what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. So don't even ask God, uh, you know, Lord, I need, no, no. You already determined who's, who's ruler. You made that decision. God can only speak and, and, and govern over that which is committed. He said, I will keep that which is committed to me. If you haven't committed that to him, don't ask him to do anything for it. It's illegal in scripture and it is a violation of the kingdom to ask God to do something with something you haven't given him. I could go deeper, but I probably make some folks mad and I love y'all and I want to stay friends. <laughs> maybe another day today is not the day i don't feel grace to say it in the way you receive it right so um I, I just wanted you to understand what that what that i think that was second kings chapter four i'm not sure but anyway that message that i ministered is on youtube it is obey the word do the work and it's talking about the woman and the situation she found herself in and the words that the prophet gave her and and so i mean it does i'm not i didn't talk about lack and poverty and hardship there as much as I am right here, um, but those two messages they'll they'll come together and give you a good a good um, understanding of what God is maybe saying to some of you. But if that's where you are, uh, my uh, people, God, my friends, if you're in that place in in poverty, lack, and hardship has been ruling and governing your life, 
before you bind and loose devils and, and all that stuff, because, you know, we're, we're big on that. And I'm not against it, but I'm just saying sometimes that's not it because we've been binding and loosing for a long time and the problem is still here. So then obviously that's not the issue, right? You don't cast out every devil you can find and the problem still exists. So then the devil wasn't a problem. These could be some flesh, some uh, uh, works of the flesh, the Bible says. These are works of the flesh. That means those are areas we have to be disciplined in. That You can't get oil on a, a, a greasy cross on your forehead and think that that's going to end your problems. You have to put the work in. That woman had to put the work in. She had to get out of her house. She had to come out of that place of grief. She had to come out of shame and she had to actually go and deal with people. That's another thing. You got to come out of all of that stuff. Shame, poverty, hardship, and lack will keep you in a, you don't want to, you, you don't even want to be bothered with people. You don't want to be around people. And it has any, nothing to do with somebody being an introvert or ex, extrovert. I'm not talking about personality types. I'm talking about those spirits will bind you to your house. You don't want to go anywhere. You don't want to talk to anybody. That spirit will keep you to yourself because it, it wants to keep you little. It doesn't want you to be exposed to anybody who can bring some understanding and, 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 and show, shine some light on some of these dark areas. And the shame, you know, well, I don't dress like them. I don't have the right shoes. That shame will tell you, you listen, my God, you'll never be <laughs> adequate enough to be around anybody. Th that's what shame will do for you. You'll never, your hair will never be right. Your makeup will never be right. Your shoes will never be right. Your clothes, you, you'll just never be, uh, you'll never be enough to be around anybody if you will leave it up to shame. But today God is dealing with that. Praise God. God is dealing with that. He wants to destroy that thing off your life. But people of God, you have to do the work. You got to do the work, okay? So listen, I'm going to let you go. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you. I pray that it challenged you. And again, if I said anything to offend you, please know that was not my intention at all. Um, you know, it just is it's the word. And sometimes it hits really hard. Um, it has to break barriers and it's got to break some of that, the, the hardness, right? It's got to break that stuff up. So, but know that that was not my intention at all. Now, you know, sometimes the word does intentionally come hard, but this was not the case. But I pray that you were able to listen and, and hear what the spirit of God is saying to the church, saying to you, and that if that's where you are, that you can deal with that. And, and, and moving into this next season, you will see a financial flow like you've never seen before. And, and, and you'll be able to do more with just what you have. It's not so much that you need more money. I mean, some people do. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking about God is going to unstop some things for you with that. You'll be able to do more with what you have right now. God can do that for you. But your mentality and your perception has to change. All right. So grace and peace to you. All. I love you in Jesus. Pray for us. Amen. And until next time, God bless.